Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Monster Baby Podcast. My name is Lisa Rowland. Hey, I'm Ted DeMaison. And this is a curious romp through the worlds of mindfulness and improvisation. We are romping. You are joining us for episode number 71. About tension. <laughs> Can we hold up? Wait, episode number 71. About tension. <laughs> Can you feel it, people? Do it works if they know the end going into it. Oh, you're right. You know, if we're like, okay, we're going to do a tense moment now. Are you ready? <laughs> Here we go. I think it might take some of the tension away. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, we're exploring tension, the idea of tension. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it was based on a moment that you didn't hear from last last episode. That's right. That got edited out. Yeah, but, but we talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. So we're talking interpersonal tension, creative tension. Oh, yeah. so there's a tiny bit about sexual tension in there. You know, not to get you too teased, but, yes. <laughs> but enjoy it. Yes. Enjoy it. So, hey, let's get you into the mix. Yeah. Have a great time, and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Okay, so the topic that I want to propose for the day... Yeah. Is tension. Uh-huh. So I know you're coming in a little blind. I'm like, I'm springing this on you. But yeah. if there's anybody I could spring something on, yeah. it's Lisa Rowland. Willing to explore. So it actually came out of my editing the last episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that we had an exchange that was there was a little bit of tension in mm. between us. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was like working for control of the conversation or um, feeling annoyed or something, but it was this section where we were talking about in one of either the intro or the out, no intro where I have several times in the podcast wanted to give suggestions for how people might listen. Oh, and I'm like, let them listen. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need, they don't need your instructions. Right. right. And so we had this little back and forth Yeah, and we've had that before. And I was thinking, why? Do I want to give that yeah, why do you, suggestion yeah. and why are you resistant to it? Yeah. So I was thinking about both sides of it. But I decided in editing the episode to take that out because I thought, I don't think the listeners need to listen to us having this tension back and forth. And, you know, because it felt a little uncomfortable to, yeah. to share it. And, you know, we get along great and we support each other's ideas. But yeah. like, so I decided to take it out. And then I was thinking about that, and I thought, sometimes the tension's uncomfortable and unpleasant, and sometimes it's really valuable. Uh-huh. And it's such a great example of paradox and creativity and how much tension is good tension and how much tension is bad tension, and noticing that that's a lot of where our back and forth comes from is our differences. Yeah. And that we get this juice from it. Yeah. And every now and then, it's pretty rare, but every now and then one of us is like, okay. And that it didn't feel good. It doesn't didn't feel, feel good. good. Right. And we have to sort it out. And yeah. So I thought it'd be really cool to sort of play with this notion of tension because I think it shows up on improv stages and it definitely shows up in meditation and it shows up in a lot of the work I do with presence. Like interpersonal tension. Could be interpersonal. It could be dramatic tension. It could be the tension of how much are we learning or trying to take on at one time, oh. you know, any, so I just thought there's a lot there and Interesting. really, really striking to me. Yeah. And of course it gets into this notion of balance and paradox that I just so love and think there's always wisdom in exploring that paradox. Yeah. So. Did you have any thoughts about why you want to tell people how to listen and why you think I don't? Like, like, yeah, that's what, an interesting like where place did, to start. I mean, just from that moment of tension, like, I mean, it seems to track pretty well for who we both, for how we both approach things. Especially like if we go back to listen to chaos theory, like my sort of like, throw all the cards in the air and see, let them fall where they may. And like, whatever happens is great. And and, and if things accidentally happen, that's even better. Right. And we fall in different places on the spe- on the chaos spectrum, comfort with chaos spectrum. Right. And this feels like right in line with that. Yes. Because I'm like, don't tell, don't, don't control their experience of this. Mm-hmm. You don't need to control their experience. You get to control your experience of it. You don't get to control their experience right, of it, right? right? So it's like, and I realize that I have, like, I can, I need to, well, anyway, I have a lot of thoughts about that. 
But it, it's not surprising to me that that is a point of tension between us. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I think that for me in that moment, yeah, it's kind of like a, oh, let me let you in on the little secret. Like, this is coming up. I wanted to create some anticipation and some excitement. And I like getting, I like when I listen to a podcast and somebody gives me a little clue like, hey, check this out. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'll listen for that. But it's interesting because when I go see a movie, like yeah. my taste with movies is once I decide I want to see a movie, don't tell me anything about it. I just want it to unfold yeah. and have my experience. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't get the sense that it's like me trying to control it. Yeah. No, that's right? definitely my lens. <laughs> yeah. That's my lens. But it, it might be. Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, it might be one to curate the experience so that people, I think, have an ideal or experience like, of the episode. Yeah. Or, here, here's what... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But it was, I think what, what's instructive or curious to explore maybe for now is that tension between us yeah. and how does that propel us forward or create closeness or distance. I think that even like right now, this conversation, getting to talk about it yeah. and have a meta perspective, like, huh, that's curious that yeah, that happens yeah, yeah. And, and what does that mean? And to not be afraid of it. Whereas in the past, I've had friendships where it's like, well, no, it's just tense. I don't want to. I don't feel like dealing with it, and it just kind of shrink away, and yeah. the friendship fades. Yeah, you know, I mean, not that this would fade over, right? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that there is a way that you and I have historically in our friendship found a way to turn towards the tension mm-hmm. and to say, okay, this is happening. To have faith in each in our connection and each other's ability to look at things mm-hmm. and feel things and express things to say, yeah, we'll get through it. And in fact, we'll probably get through it better for having examined it. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a, like textbook mindfulness practice of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm noticing something unpleasant. I'm going to say what it is. I'm not going to like run from it or try to deny it or blame the other person for it. I'm going to notice what it is, name it see what's there and explore it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it, so it's not just that, but it's also that without that, any of that, it's just kind of flat. Like a relationship would be flat. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. There's no tension. I don't remember. I know we talked about Jupiter and Saturn astrologically. <laughs> but here's astro- astrology lesson number two. On the Monster Baby podcast, planets, which represent parts of our mind or our psyche, like Mercury is our communication, the moon is our emotions, uh, oversimplification. But anyway, yeah, if they are in angular relationships in a person's birth chart, it means certain things. So if they're 90 degrees apart from each other, it's called a square. And that means that those functions are in tension. So somebody's emotions might be in tension with their ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard. But you can grow. If they're 120 degrees apart from each other, it's called a trine. It's like easy flow. Those parts communicate naturally. They don't have to stress. Feels good. Less likely to produce growth. Mm-hmm. So that the the tension of a square is challenging, but produces growth. Mm-hmm. You know. So if if you have too many squares or too many trines, it just creates the one end of the polar opposite. Mm-hmm. It's nice to have a little bit of both because you get get some juice and some ease. Yeah. So anyway, there's a, my I think maybe my favorite quote from Buddhism, which is probably apocryphal, meaning like I don't think the Buddha ever really said it, but there's mm-hmm. a legend that he did where he, this is just before. So, okay, the Buddha grew up a rich prince, totally uh, pampered. And then he's like, this doesn't work. I'm going to go in the woods and live in a, as an ascetic. And he goes off for years and like all skin and bones. He's sitting by a river and he hears a ferryman come down the river. And he says, he's talking about a musical instrument. And he says, if the string, string is too tight, it will snap. If it is too slack, it will not play. And the Buddha goes, oh, that's, that's it. it. The middle way. And then he comes up with Buddhism. Yeah. I love that. If the string is too tight, it will snap. If it is too slack, it will not play. Yeah. And as somebody who plays guitar, <laughs> yeah, that image is so rich because like, what is the right? I want to get that tone, get that tone, you know. And the 
pain of having a string snap from being like tightening it too far. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And the like bleh feeling of it being too slack, right? Yeah. I love that notion of finding what's that sweet spot of tension in a relationship or a moment or a movement. Yeah. That gets to the most creative, most beautiful expression, something mm-hmm. like that. So you recently told me about some tension that you had with a fellow performer. I'm curious if you think that that interpersonal tension you have will propel you into something better or if it will become an impediment. I think it might do neither. I feel like I have had to develop a relationship to that tension, an ability to, or a a dedication to noticing in myself when I'm hanging on to it. Mm. Something happens in a show or in a workout or whatever that I'm that sits with me. If I find myself telling people about it, mm-hmm. people in my life, not necessarily other professional c- colleagues, because I don't necessarily want to do that, but but f- friends, Please. family, yeah. whatever. I'm like, oh, this thing happened in this show, and if I'm hanging on to it, then it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta tell them. Mm-hmm. I gotta bring it up. Mm-hmm. I gotta work it out, so that it's not the thing that defines our our next interactions right right with the idea being that my my goal is that we play freely together and i'm not showing up on stage expecting you to be a certain way i'm not showing up on stage with some loading on how i think this is going to go you know what i mean i do um and the only way to do that is to be like this thing happened i didn't love it and i want to be able to love you (laughs) you know like yeah i I want to be able to play freely with you and right now I'm ha- I'm carrying this thing on stage with me. The, the the thing that happened last time I'm carrying it on stage the next time. Yeah. And I, so if I can't, well, the same is true as if I notice that I do something and later on I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, ah, uh, I was a little too negative. That also happened recently. Mm. After a show, I was like, just poopy about the show, mm-hmm. and I sort of harped on it in a way that I think made one of my colleagues feel like it was their fault. Ah. Uh. And I think part of me thought it was. <laughs> okay. to be, if I'm going to be totally honest. Right. But afterwards I was like that wasn't cool. Hmm. We're all trying our like we're all just out there do, right. doing what seems right in the moment and we all of us can get lost in the moment and do, you know like don't do that. I like that. And so I wrote and I just was oh, like good. hey I think that I was a little negative after the show. I'm really sorry about that. If you notice that I I think I was I was more negative than I needed to be or than I meant to be. Did you and get I, a response back? Yeah. Cool. It was like, thank you so much for this message. I appreciate it. I think the notes had merit. It it made me realize this tendency of mine. Hmm. I thought the show was fun, but had some issues, and yeah. and so it was fine, yeah. you know. But it was, and it's, and I'm not, I'm not thinking about it now because I did that yesterday. Right, you cleared it out. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I I really liked the way you framed that as starting with a desire for freedom and for coming out of love. Yeah. Like those two things. Oh, let's, if you put it in that context, like is this is this thing gonna get get in the way of me just right. being able to really love playing with you? Yeah. And if it is, then I owe it to myself and to you and to the audience. Like, uh, yep. I yep. I owe it to everybody involved that it's like I take care of my my mom calls it keeping her house clean. I gotta keep my sure. house clean. Nice. Like I don't I can't I can't control what you do with your house. Right. And whether you you're keeping your side of this thing clean, but but I can keep my house clean. I can make sure that that the things that I need to clear out have been cleared out. Yes. Like that I'm doing everything that I is in my power. Nice. Yeah, I, I think there is a there's a power in in my experience of being able to say a hard thing to somebody, something that can sound critical, and and have that met with thank you for right. telling me. Right. And that's another thing that, that has happened yep. with c- colleagues, with this particular colleague actually. And the same thing is true in the in the moments where you and I have done that, where it's mm-hmm. like this. I'm noticing this thing, and mm-hmm. I don't love it. And and being able to realize, like my people pleasing tendency says that if I say something that makes somebody else unhappy, I will be shunned. Right. <laughs> like I'll be. I will no longer be loved. Or yeah. You know, like that's the fear is like I'm going to say something that somebody's not going to like, and I will no longer be their friend. Have you, has that ever happened? No. I mean, no. It has, <laughs> I have no actual reason to believe that's that that's going to happen, but I've tied my survival to being in people's good graces. Somehow, somehow right. along the line, that's been like a real, like, as long as everyone's cool with me, I'll be cool. Right. I'm fine. 
it's this is my biggest life growth right, right. here is yeah. like recognizing that like no there might be people who are not happy with you but if you're speaking yeah. your truth and being how yeah, you need to be, be like yeah. you're okay yeah that's okay it's okay for people to you know like one of my little mantras is likability is not a value hmm. <laughs> being likable is not a value being kind can be a value yeah, right. and being honest and truthful and you know like considerate those things can all be values but being likable is not the thing that I need to put on the top of my pyramid, you know? That's, yeah, it's going to cause that's going to cause trouble if you're shooting for that. Yeah. So there is some power in recognizing the banana bread's ready. Oh. <laughs> we now pause for Lisa to take the banana bread out of the oven. Tonight we're going to the Bats holiday party. Yeah. Which is a celebration of Bats improv and it's this big festival that well, usually like 150 people show up for, and everybody's all dressed up in some combination of fancy and festive, and it's not a pot. It's a potluck. What's that? Well, it was not the oven. We heard some beeping from something else. Oh, the banana bread is not ready. No, it's doughy. Hang in there, people. All right, 10 more minutes. <laughs> we'll report back on the banana bread project. <laughs> it's still coming. Where were we? Just the power of being able to being being able to stay connected through tension, right? And recognize that, like, my, like my generally my instinct is to just subvert my discomfort so that I don't need to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Subvert it, bury it. Yeah. Bury it. Bury it. Not subverted. Subsume? Sub submerge? Submerge. Yeah. <laughs> submerge works. Submarine. Yeah. Uh subject. <laughs> subject. Yeah. Is it is sort of just like, well, just just get okay. Yeah. yeah. Just get okay. So that you right. don't have to bring this up, which might end up in, you know. I think I've told you about the matrix leadership yeah. style. And this I learned from Amina Nolan in Boulder, Colorado. And uh, it's this great way of thinking about teams or companies as a matrix of information and webs of relationship. And one of the things that's so brilliant in her work that I come back to again and again and transformed my relationship to interpersonal tension was thinking of, she talks about different kinds of feedback, appreciative meaning I tell you something I like about you or I enjoy about you. The other, which usually is called critical feedback, she calls differentiating feedback, and it means we see things differently. Mm. And using that frame, it's so much easier to have a conversation with somebody. And the, like you were saying about wanting freedom and wanting love to be able to be expressed, yeah. the goal is to say, I want our connection to be healthy because healthy connections make the matrix healthy. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to be clear, to have our stream, our pipes cleaned, I need to let you know that something you did had an impact on me and I'd like to work, it, work out. it out. But I don't need to tell you that you're wrong because actually this distinction between us, this discomfort is an avenue to information that's mm -hmm. important for the whole system. Mm -hmm. And if we try to bury it, we're, we're giving, we're letting go of that value. We're yeah. just letting it, you know, yeah. And in fact, it's, it becomes a poison when in fact it could be a gift. A gift. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. We're we're disagreeing. Right. Or cool. We're having some tension. Yeah. Let's go into it. How do you? How do you? I guess this is where mindfulness comes from. Is like tension is not comfortable. But but, but is that right? So it's like I can consciously understand yes. that tension is a gift because when we see how different people see things, then we come to this third way, right? It's this, like, mm -hmm. right? We move mm -hmm. through it, get stronger, all the things. But like, how, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about before. It's like, yeah, it's fine to be like, oh, oh, I'm in the hard, dark, uncomfortable part of the story. It's fine right. to know that and it, it can sort of help on a higher level of processing and it doesn't make it feel good. Yeah. How, you know what I mean? How, like it's still shitty <laughs> how much and 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 the question becomes then how much can you take like how much tension can you take right and i talk about that in learning a lot and with creativity like a teacher in a classroom you want to get your students to be uncomfortable you have to get them outside their comfort zone in order for them to learn no, but you can't if it goes too far then they get discouraged you got to push them to the edge of their boundaries yeah. but not beyond them and so i think of with this 
one of the things that that matrix leadership model gives me is it gives me more endurance and more strength to be able to take on more tension. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm not going to be ruined by this. I'm not going to be ruined by this. So, all right, let's just try it out. Yeah. And if both people are on the same page, then it becomes this like, it becomes a curious exploration. It doesn't have to be so painful. Yeah. Now, if somebody's not on board, then yeah, it becomes painful, but maybe right. you don't do it. If somebody gets super defensive because you're like, hey, this thing that you did had an impact on me that was uncomfortable, let yeah. me tell you about it. Yeah. And they and then you jump into defensiveness and it's like, well, okay, not open for business. Got it. Right. <laughs> this is a dead end. I understand. And, and one of the things that's cool too is that you, in that model, you ask, is now a good time for me to, yeah, for us to share some feedback? Mm-hmm. And they say, no, not really. And I say, okay, because it's only going to be poisonous. Well, you know it's going to be poisonous if they're not in a place to be able to hear it. Totally. Then it's just going to hurt and and be uncomfortable and cause anger and defensiveness, right? Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that we build our chops for it. The more we do it, the stronger we get. And so you try it out and, you know, you get more and more capacity to, yeah, you to kinda, hold it. I guess you can kind of be conditioned for a different relationship to that tension. Exactly. Like repeated experiences of, oh, this tension shows up. And it actually points me toward the next step with this person rather than mm-hmm. pointing toward danger, mm-hmm. right? Like the tension is not a signpost for danger. The tension right. is like, oh, that means that that means that this kind of conversation should be had now. And that's where every now and then for me, there's an idea that completely changes my experience. Mm-hmm. And so that reframe of, like you just said, tension equals opportunity, not tension equals discomfort. Like, oh. Okay, mm-hmm. if I remember that reframe, then the the next path becomes really clear and really fun. Yeah. Even if it's difficult. Yeah. If I don't remember the reframe, then it goes back to the way it used to be. I'm like, oh, shoot, I hate this and that. Yeah. I don't like this person. I'm reminded of a couple of things about that. And, and the main thing is slowing down. Mm. Like, my, like slowing down comes up for me a lot. Right is right now. It's coming up for me a lot right now. And one of the reasons is that in improv, we think about speed. Right. Right. This idea of impulse versus pause and the two are sort of diametrically opposed. And actually, the thing that I'm noticing is that in, that I notice is in watching videos of shows, I'm, I am given an opportunity to remember what that moment felt like. Mm. And then what it looks like from the outside. And then I see what it looks like from the outside. And from the inside, it felt so long. What felt so long? The moment. Whatever the moment was. Oh, okay. The moment before I responded to this. The moment while I was thinking of what to say. The moment before... Whatever it is, the moment that, yeah. I, that I'm watching on the yeah. video of the show that I was in. And then... But, it, but from the outside, it's a blink of an eye. It's like I have so oh, much more time before it actually feels long for anybody outside my own brain. And, and so I have more time than I think. Yeah. And then the second piece of that is the time. There's been a couple of times recently where if I give myself more time with a problem, my relationship to the problem changes. Yes. And usually I have more time than I think I do, even when things feel urgent. Right. And more things are available to me if I just sit in it and like consider it a little bit longer than I might otherwise. Yeah. Or, and that brings me to this clown advice that I got from Rebecca Paretsky that she got from her teacher, Giovanni, I forget his last name. We'll just call him Giovanni. Who said, have the problem, don't solve the problem. Oh, maybe it wasn't Giovanni. It might have been somebody else. Anyway, a clown teacher of hers. I don't want to miscredit. Right. But have the problem, don't solve the problem. So like a lot comes, a lot of pain comes from rushing to do what you think is going to get yourself out of this dynamic, whatever that dynamic is. And actually, if it's like, oh, wait, I'm just going to sit here having this problem for a while. I don't need to, I don't need to jump to have to dispensing with it to the other side of it yet. And then in that space, design thinkers call it staying in the problem space. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the longer we can play, stay in the problem space, the, the, the longer we push off grabbing onto one particular solution yes. and the more generative we can be in the ways that we might solve this problem. Yeah. And so 
all of those things, sort of like slow down, wait a second, because you're probably gonna feel differently about this in a, in a minute, and you're resistant right now, and that's totally fine, great to notice it, it doesn't mean it's the truth, it yeah. doesn't mean this thing is bad, it just means your re- your your reaction right now is a resistant one. Right. <laughs> maybe you'll find out it's because this is a bad idea. But also maybe not. Like maybe it's because you just haven't thought of the way that you can dance with it yet. And you're, you and you're, you're allowing the, you're just allowing it to be what it is for a while. For a while chilling, longer. Chilling. Yeah. It's reminding me of the the notion in teaching and in sales too. I think in on an improv stage of allowing the tension to build, like a dramatic tension is a good tension. Yeah. And that oftentimes people who are newer at teaching or improvising or sales will fill the silence, fill the silence, release the tension, but by getting oh, the banana bread, let me finish this thought. Yeah. Will release the tension by making a joke. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay, good. We're not feeling the tension anymore. But then you're like, well, wait. The tension was, was doing something. Yeah, it was doing something. And so in a sales relationship, if I'm like trying to share something that I want to offer you, uh, an experience, a retreat, whatever it is that I'm going to, in quotation marks, sell, and I'm letting you know about it, it's like, it's uncomfortable to talk about money. It's creating a little tension. Mm. And I'm telling you what I have to offer. And yep, I'm telling you this has, I, I want to continue a relationship with you as a client. That's a little tense. And my mentors in the business world, and Patsy Rodenberg, my mentor in in working with presence, like, don't dispel the tension. Don't make a joke. Let it be there. It's actually going to help propel the person to a new way of being. And, And Patsy, when she's teaching, says... You're letting the person sort out for themselves what they need to know mm. when you give them the tension and just hold it. Mm-hmm. So don't crack the joke. Let them work on their, if we're doing vocal uh, technique, let them find the place in themselves where it's like, oh, that's not right. That's not right. That, there it is. Mm-hmm. I found my voice. Right. Uh, it's so, um, in some ways, counter to my default, which is, I want to get you there. I want to get you there. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, or if when sometimes when I'm improvising, holding the dramatic tension of a moment is really hard. And I've seen you do it so many times with Bats and with Improv Playhouse of San Francisco where there's just silence. Or when I took a class on intimacy and uh, relationships on the improv stage, like if a couple gets really close to each other but doesn't kiss... Uh, uh, yeah, you're like, oh my god, this is great. And yeah. there's, there's time to put all this interpretation in and to see the emotions, and maybe they kiss or maybe they don't. But that anticipation, uh, there it is, and there, it's so cool. Yeah, if you can hang there. Yeah, you know. Speaking of hanging there and dispelling tension, you want to check the banana bread? Let me go check the banana bread. <laughs> we'll be right back. Oh, it smells really good. Mm-hmm. Did you, did you take it out? It's not done yet. It's not done yet. Ooh, this is a slow... This banana bread is building... I wonder if the oven rack is too low. Oh. An external factor. Could be. I thought maybe the banana bread was just responding to our conversation. It's just drawing out the tension. It's just drawing out the tension. Doesn't want to jump to the conclusion too soon. Is it ready? Is it fully baked? It sure smells good. It does. It's a nice banana holiday aroma. Yeah. Oh, it's just holiday aroma because it's the holidays. It's really just... <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. If it were right. July, I'd be like, hmm, nice mm, Independence Day aroma. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> speaking of holidays, Lisa, uh, I'm going to take a little side note here. I mentioned it earlier, but I want to tell the podcast listeners, your flower arrangements around your home are lovely. Thank you. You you said you went to a florist. No, you did you get them at Costco? Foods. Whole Foods. You got some red and white carnation-ish? Carnations and daisies. And daisies. And then you made these arrangements yourself. Yeah. Of varying sizes and um Yeah, I cut the stems to different heights. Population clusters. Yeah. They look great. Thanks. I appreciate your appreciation. It makes me want to get a wreath. 
Did you notice my wreath on my door? Oh, no. There's a wreath on my door. I oh. went, the holidays busted in this place yesterday. Yeah, sure. Got the tree, got it decorated, got the flowers, yeah. got my nutcracker out. Lovely. Yeah, I need to, I'm going to put my tree up later today, I think. So this little Santa Claus up here has been out all year. Just um, never put him away. He's he's ready to go. And now he's seasonal again. Like a clock is right twice a day. That's Even right. if it's broken. Santa Claus belongs here. <laughs> did, you, did you name your wreath? Name it? Yeah. No. No. You could name it Franklin. That would be Aretha Franklin. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I know that there's a design here and I can't. I can't figure out what it is. And what's amazing is that's a fresh pun. I've never said that <laughs> in my 51 years of living and pun making. I've never made that pun, which is absurd to me. Uh, yeah, I've never named a wreath or a Christmas tree, but now I'm thinking of it. I have an artificial tree. Do you know that? I do know that. What do you think about that? I think it's... I think. Do you shun me? I don't. I, I actually... It is not a choice that I would make yeah simply because of like how i grow up and i love this smell right. and i you know yeah. but i have no judgment about this artificial tree it, 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 it's another thing that brings me the most joy but right. i am very embracing of the idea that it brings you joy i went back and forth with it several years ago and it was like hmm i prefer a natural tree prefer a real tree would love to get a tree that i could then plant somewhere and like i didn't want to kill a tree yeah i have to say though it's way easier. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And you know, like you buy it once. The brain, the brain recognizes patterns, as we said last time on the episode, last episode. The brain sees the general shape of a tree, and it's green, and there's lights on it. It's like, oh, Christmas tree. Yeah. And I also do a little bit of uh, rigging, in that I get some of those natural scent sticks. So it smells like walking the house, like, oh, does pine tree. Does it smell tree. like real, like, does it, it really, or does it smell like pine-scented air freshener? It's kind of between annoying pine-scented air freshener and real tree. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, it's enough, it's, it's real enough, to enough trick the brain. tree that it's like, well, yeah, that does it. That's holiday Checks season. all those boxes. This year I may go with cinnamon I sticks. I think that might be great. Yeah. So in any case, I love the Christmas tree lights, and, and then when it's done, I just pack it up and... Yeah. Put it back in the basement. Yeah, great. And I don't have to pay for it again. You know, bargains, yeah. bargains, bargains. Yeah. You know how I love bargains. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> Value shopper. I think if I didn't live in California, I might have more impetus to get an actual tree. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here, I'm like, meh. I mean, I guess there's lots of Fraser furs up in the Sierras. But it feels like I'm in San Francisco. There are no... Christmas trees around here being in New England are like there are Christmas trees everywhere you could just walk out the street cut down a tree and have a Christmas tree you might get arrested but yeah so it feels like the environment right my holiday approach is shaped by my environment sure yeah happy holidays <laughs> happy holidays yeah. yeah anything else you want to say here um, about this particular topic tension well I mean it feels very clear that like a mindfulness practice helps to interrupt the reactivity to tension mm -hmm. it feels like oh yeah mindfulness skills are the thing that allow you to notice your relationship to tension and make another choice mm -hmm. um in terms of improv i mean so that is true in any hard conversation you need to have with co-workers co or whatever i'm sort of like my co-workers happen to be players and so we improvise together but i don't think that that's an improv specific moment yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. that's just a human relationship thing mm -hmm. and i'm trying to figure out whether i don't know there's any other than like right silences like being able to portray tension that's the theory well it did okay I think it's time to take it out then. How does it look? It looks nice. It doesn't look super... Oh, it's a light banana. Yeah, no, that looks good. That looks good, huh? Yeah, those edges. Those edges, are... edges yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you were talking about, you just mentioned... 
like it's good the to... inter- interpersonal dynamics getting that clear on stage but but I'm also thinking of like well off stage more right I mean off stage thank you but I'm thinking of like has it ever happened where you've been pissed at somebody a colleague and then you go out and do a show and there's extra juice because you're pissed at them and totally. then the show is better Right, like in the in the way you know, that it's some... hard. It's hard to tell because I th- that has happened actually relatively recently. Okay, it's like I went on stage with somebody I had some juice with, some heat, some like anger, some tension. Okay, tension. It wasn't anger, but okay. it was tension. Yeah, and our characters had a tense relationship. Yeah, and I think it was probably pretty compelling, but I don't know that I count that as a positive. Because if I am more likely to wind up in a tense relationship with somebody on stage because I'm a te- in a tense relationship with them in real life, I don't think I don't think that's good. Like I don't want that to you know. Like, yeah, I'm th- I'm thinking of the way that sometimes in a relationship, it's like the sex can be magnified if there's like oh like uh, you know, butting sex heads or makeup sex or like yeah, anger. That's right, and fueled. it's like it's like yeah. Oh, this is woo. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got like, mm, here we go. There's like extra energy. Right. Yeah. And I could see that happening on stage where, you know, you're frustrated with somebody and it, and it just creates something. But it's, from what you're describing, it sounds like it it's more likely to be well, it made me either destructive con- it or made constrictive me in some way. Confl- I mean, I, like, I wonder if I, if I sort of like wound up wanting to win on mm. stage, right? Like, that's the thing is like... yeah. Because in improv, you have to be willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's so different than sex. It's in some ways, it's it's you're right. It's it's sort of like an intellectual, emotional intercourse situation. But yeah. like, but if I need to be on stage with somebody and lose, or be tender, or vulnerable, or soft, or which is what a scene might call really for, generous, or yeah. whatever, and all I want to do is like go after them. Right. It's not. Yeah. I didn't love that feeling. I left being like, that might have been a compelling conflict moment, but I'm not sure that it's, but it, feel, it felt unprofessional. Hmm. Okay. Because I'm not here to work out my personal shit with people on stage. Right. Do you know what I mean? I do. So like, yeah. and, and where's the line? Because of course your personal relationships with people have an effect on the way, you know, on yeah. how you feel on stage with them. But like. I, that felt like a blurring of the line that I didn't mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. because it was like, oh no, I think I let it get personal and this should not have gotten personal. So interesting. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice, that's a, <laughs> I think that's a healthy filter. It's yeah. like, is this getting personal then? No. Yeah. Like do I have some personal right. stake in whether my character wins this fight? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's bad. That's you know, bad like, news. Johnstone talks about that. Like, if you can get rid of your ego, you'll be safe forever on stage. If you can, if you're mm. happy losing, if you're willing to be insulted on stage, willing to lose, then you're safe. Then you're fine. It's the only way you're safe. Can't be injured. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. But if you need to come out on top, you will never be safe. Right. Because it'll be too threatening to be on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, I think that this applies in in on stage as well, but you mentioned that one of the insights from mindfulness about tension is learning to relate to the tension differently. Yeah, to investigate your relationship to it. What, what do you define as tension in the first place? Same thing as we would talked about before with failure, right? Yeah. There's also a tension within the practice because mindfulness, so much of mindfulness is about accepting what is, and then there's like a creating some tension around discipline, which we've also talked about, like no, I need to sit down and practice. Like, get on your mat and practice. Yeah. Or go for a walk and practice. Do something, right? Instead of just accepting what is. Instead of just accepting that I don't feel like meditating today. Yeah, right. Like, no, get up there and... Do it. You know, and and similarly with how do you sit. When I am teaching people how to... Possibilities for how to sit in meditation, we talk about the balance between relaxed and alert so it's like if you're too relaxed you're just going to slump and you'll probably fall asleep yeah if you're too tense a string that is too slack does not exactly play. and if yeah. you're too tense like you're in a military posture you're like look at my great posture yeah then you're going to create anger and and uh illness mm-hmm. <laughs> in your body because you're holding it but you know where's that spot in between the two that like oh yeah yeah there it is yeah and the same thing with 
yeah, I need to meditate, but I'm not going to crush myself to do two hours a day. Like, what's appropriate for today? Yeah. Okay. And to me, that's really instructive. Again, if I can remember, I should have like a little thing that flashes around my house with a little mantra. I can choose to type in the mantras like I want to appear. Totally. But like, oh yeah, relaxed and alert. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm feeling a little bit of that this month. Last month was totally crazy for me. I was going nonstop. Yeah. Traveling, 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 traveling. Right. And now that that's finished, I'm like, whew. Ah. Yeah. And I'm just I'm chilling out at home. And I did a puzzle yesterday. Yeah. By myself, and I went to see. Okay, I went to see Hamilton again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you confess. <laughs> my confession. Uh, but it's like just taking a deep breath and be like. This feels good. And so that mm, oscillation between the two, it can be like a month-long oscillation, Mm -hmm. right? So November was really tense. Yeah. Felt like I got a lot done. Propelled me. Great to have that money coming in. December, a little more slack. Yeah. But it feels like a a healthy in-breath, out-breath kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I like that. And I love... Patsy... Rodenberg when we would do arm swings to coordinate with our breathing like you take an inhale swing your arm back and exhale maybe you release like a balloon and you swing your arm with it and she would always say to us maintain enough dynamic tension in your arm Mm -hmm. don't get all floppy and soggy and just let your arm swing and don't get rigid and hyper fixed Mm -hmm. like I'm moving my arm you know like What's that tension? Dancers know this. Like, what's yeah. the right amount of like? There's that sweet spot. I yes. feel like that's what, that's sort of how I relate to stage presence. Yes, It's like there needs to be some tension in your body. Yeah, it, it's not your off-duty body. Right, it's your on-duty body. But it's but but you got to be able to relax on stage. And so it, the distinction is not. And I always feel like when people say don't be tense, I'm like nah, that's no, not. There is good tension. It's not. Yeah, get rid of the unnecessary tension. Yeah. Get rid of the excessive tension. Yeah. Are you gripping? Are you holding? Are you grasping? Like, we don't want that no. stuff. But, like, your body should be at attention. Engaged. In a way. Like, yeah. There's, there's, I see it as, like, being filled up so that your boundaries are a little taut. Right. Right? It's like you're filled up with energy. So, so there, it's like a, like when you're blowing up a balloon and there's, there's tension on yep. the sides of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm chuckling because we just did an exercise in uh, my playful mindfulness class, we were talking about working with difficult emotions. Yeah. And we use this thing called boom, boom, balloon. And it's a way of working with your stress. So you notice what your stress is in a moment. And can you take a pause and kind of be with the stress? But the idea is there's this balloon that gets blown up and it's put in this contraption that has all these like sticky things pointing into it. Mm -hmm. And you... Each person moves one of the sticky things one click closer into the balloon and it mm-hmm. like presses the balloon. Mm-hmm. And then you keep pressing and pressing and pressing and like there's all these sticks coming from all multiple sides of the balloons being, and eventually it's going to puncture, but like you don't know who's going to puncture it. Yeah. And so it's like, duh, duh, duh. Is this a real thing? It's a real game. You, you have real sticks? Yeah. Well, not like tree sticks, but they're like plastic sticks for the game. Oh, got it. They're like... Pickup sticks. Yeah, they're of, like little pegs. Yeah, that you, pegs. That you, yeah, I see. But okay. they're like pencil size. Oh, you know? this feels so uncut. This what an awful game. <laughs> that it's, sounds like it's so great for doing this thing of like, here's the tension. Yeah, this tension is building. This tension is building. How can I hang with it? And notice. Yeah. You know. But, and know that, yeah, and be like, oh, if the balloon pops, I'll be okay. Right. But it's really. It's like there's an improv game called Blind Man's Bluff where you. Well, no. Oh, no. It's the it's the mousetrap game. I don't know this game. You, well, I don't think I know you, it. You set mousetraps. Oh, jeez. You spring... You set Literal mousetraps. Literal mousetraps. All over the stage. You scatter them about the stage. <laughs> and then you put two improvisers. This is old school John Stone. Blindfolded yeah, and barefoot. Oh, no. And have them, have them do a scene. And the... the, the barefoot. Oh, jeez. That's Yeah, terrible. the trick... Is that you weaken the mouse traps because that thing would bra- it would break your toe right? right if you stepped on a sprung mouse trap, so you weaken it so that if it snaps, it sounds bad, but it is not bad. Ah, uh, a little bit of a little bit of right. We're trickery. keeping the players safe. We're okay. not actually okay. risking their 
we have also we i've never played this game and right. but paul killam has i remember watching him play it a, a bats company member so it's happened in the last wow. so many years and the whole point is tension the whole point is like getting the audience to go <gasps> yeah you know he's like they don't know and 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 the point is for the players to not have any fear so like they go parading around the stage right. boldly while the while they the might audience even roll on the floor and, is yeah, yeah they're just getting them they're just courting trouble yeah and then the to to create a I like it to create an experience of tension in the audience members well okay and so then this gets back to like what you were saying before like how much is too much when I first worked on this lesson and I learned it from somebody else we didn't use a balloon we didn't use the boom boom balloon that's a modification we used a shock ball what's a shock it's called ball? a shock ball it's like the size of a baseball. It's this, I'm putting in quotation marks, toy that has a battery in it and you press a button to turn it on and every 10 to 15 seconds, randomly, it gives a little buzz, a little shock. Like an actual electrical shock? Like an actual shock? electrical shock. Yeah. Minor, right? But enough to be like... Ugh. Yeah. And so in the the way that we do the exercise, you turn it on and you, you pass hold it, it around. and you pass it and you hold it for two seconds and you pass it to the next person. So you don't know if you're going to get shocked or if the next person is going to get shocked. But, like, can you do it in a way where you're not freaking out and, like, either resisting it or just ignoring it? Yeah. Right? And when it shocks, it hurts. Yeah. And the first time that we did this exercise, I hated it. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I don't like pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who does? But, well, some people do. But yeah. I'm really sensitive to pain. And this thing reminded me of, like, the droid, the torture droid from the original Star Wars with Princess Leia. And... It reminded me of one flew over the cuckoo's nest and just like shocks. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. terrible. Right. And when we talked about it afterward, I like broke down in tears. I was crying. I was like super upset. Like I, we can't tell people to do this. And yes, I can understand the reason, but it doesn't. You know, you're putting people into. It's unethical. You, you yeah. know that it's going to hurt them, and it's unethical, and so on and so forth. And. I sort of said, okay, well, this is really interesting. It's triggering so much. It's clearly giving me a chance to practice, which it's designed to do. So I put the ball on my desk and just kind of sat with it for a while afterwards. And I, as I was sitting with it, I realized at the time I was teaching religious studies that this, that I asked my students to do, no, not asked, demanded, they do poetry recitals every week. And some of them hated it. And it was like the, it was like torture to them. It was like my doing the shock ball. They would much rather have done the shock ball. And they were like, please give me the shock ball. Yeah. I'll do this five times over, Professor Ted, Teacher Ted. And I'm like, oh, no, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's unethical. That is interesting. I need to get them to do poetry. I don't think that's unethical. And yet it's this torturous thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like, oh, that's cute. You don't like speaking in front of it. It's like, no, it's like painful. They're, they're actually terrified. Yeah. And so... Going through that gave me much more compassion for what other people might be uncomfortable with, right? And so I think about that when I'm teaching now. Totally. But, you know, for me, the shock ball was too much. Yeah. So I went through it. I investigated it. I looked at it with a mindful relationship. Like, okay, I learned from it. I grew from it. I think my teaching's better as a result of having gone through it, but it's too much. I'm not going to ask my students to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas for me, the balloon, I will ask my students to do that. Mm-hmm. When we did this last week, one of my students was freaked out by balloons. And it was really hard for her. And I was like, I was just kind of keeping an eye on her, watching. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it was fine. She was fine. But, you know, like... But it really tested her. Yeah, it really yeah. tested her. So what is, what's the proper level? And being able to say, nope, that's too much. yeah. My string is going to snap. I don't want my string to snap. I'm going to pull it back. Yeah. The, the, there's an interesting part of that for me, which is this que- the question of, and I think this is, I think this has to do with my Enneagram type. We haven't really talked about the Enneagram, but I'm certain that some of our listeners are familiar with the Enneagram. I'm sure they are. In which case, I am a type nine. Oh, of course you are. With an eight wing. And I'm a four with a five wing. I'm not really sure what that means, but that's what I am. I really know what it means. I know you do. Um, I sort of grew up with the Enneagram, so it's something that that has been, uh, yeah, part of my sort of vocabulary for a long time. But one of the things that, so the thing that you said that was inspired, that inspired me was this idea of not freaking out because of the tension, but not ignoring it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that 
types type nines tend to do and for those of you who are not familiar familiar with the enneagram the very high level description is it's a it's a pretty ancient system of nine personality types jewish kabbalah that like dick that that really takes a look at where these nine different places for your that, that your energy and attention might go mm-hmm. and what your fundamental need is so nines their attention their our, our need is for is for harmony right our attention goes to like keeping everything okay so the people pleaser very not the only people pleaser but yes okay. it, there's nines and uh, i'm just harking back to what we were talking about earlier with totally. your tendency yeah yeah there are other sort of people pleasing okay. types um but I don't want to, we don't need to. It's not an Enneagram lesson. We don't need to go deep, yeah. But one of the things that nines do in order to sort of avoid unhealthy, or rather not unhealthy, but unpleasant, potentially tense and uncomfortable feelings is they they sort of go to sleep. Mm. So there's a numbing out that can happen. Mm. And I'm actually right now experiencing a, a, a real balance between these two things in my pursuit of becoming a mom. So mm. there, I'm I'm sort of marching toward this process beginning of of pursuing single motherhood, mm-hmm. right? So I I've, don't have a partner. Decided I wanted to be a mom. I'm sort of moving toward that, and I made the decision that I wanted to do that sort of a long time ago. I actually right. talked about it on the podcast a long time ago, uh, and since I and like it took me a long time to get to the point where I decided that I wanted to do it. And I sort of walked through that gate of yes, like hit play, we're gonna do this. And then since then it has become project management. Right. It's like great, we just have to do the thing. I gotta do the next thing, and that means this, and I have to do this, I have to find this person, I gotta hire this lawyer, I gotta do there's like yeah. pieces that have to be put put into place in Conversations, order to, documents. In order to do yeah. that. As I get closer to it, it's sort of like a long time ago, I looked across a valley and saw a mountain peak, and I was like, I'd love to climb that mountain peak. And so I was like, well, well set my yeah. compass in that direction and march toward it, and this is great, and all feels great. Yep, totally down to climb that mountain peak. Great. And now I'm at, like, the base of a mountain, mm. and it and just because it's getting closer, you yes. know? And, and the mountain peak from the base of the mountain looks real different than the mountain peak from <laughs> across the valley, you know? And it's yes. like, oh, yeah, next year I'll start this. Right. And, oh, wow, this is a great image. And yeah. now it's like we're like up against it a little bit, you know, like yeah. it's just that that line is coming closer of when of when uh, uh, I'm going to get real about mm-hmm. about starting this process. Um, and I I have swung from completely freaked out digging heels in, feeling like I'm being pulled forward by a leash like a donkey, you know what I mean? And I'm like huh. You know, it's like wow. I woke up. I like sometimes I'll wake up feeling like there's this pit in my stomach where it's like, "What do you think you're doing? Like, huh. what are you doing?" You know, it feels like the right. floor has fallen out from under me. It's like freak out mode. Or, meh, I don't know, numb, numb mode. Like, oh, or numb feels like nothing. Interesting. And. I really want to be in neither of those places. Like I want right. to sort of like re-engage with the process of feeling and thinking and pursuing and analyzing that I that I was in when I walked through that gate, when I made the decision to climb the peak right, in the first place. Right, when you're on the other side of the valley. Yeah. So like when I when I made that call, you know, it's like I need yeah. to re-engage with that so that I'm walking forward, there's room for feeling scared. One hundred. It feels like it would be a problem if there were no fear. Sure. On, as a friend of mine put it, the only no backseas decision you can ever make in your life, right? Right. Is like creating a person, killing a person. There's no backseas there, right? It's irreversible. <laughs> but everything else can basically be reversed, you know, in terms of like the decisions you make, jobs, moving, relationships. Like you can you can undo, you can control Z that stuff. Yeah. Controls. But like you can't control Z making a human. So it's like, yeah. of course there's going to be fear. And that doesn't actually seem problematic that there would be fear and freak out, like yeah. moments of those things. So yeah, that's okay. Those are allowed to be there. And whole, like making their space, making there be space for like that part and the exciting part and mm-hmm. the and the purpose-driven mission alignment part and mm-hmm. the, you know, just like, but being conscious about it so that it's mm. not either I'm freaked out or, or I'm freezing. I'm or, freezing. Or yeah. I'm just like, mm, Numbing, yeah. like wake up on the other side of oh, the process baby. and be like, oh, I guess I'm pregnant now. It's yeah. like, no, open your eyes now. Like open your eyes and your heart so that you're really engaging with what this mm. is. So you know, how do you remember to do that? 
Uh, well, I just made an appointment with my therapist. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a great way. That's how I do it. It's like I got to carve out intentional space and get help to do it. Yeah, great. I love the notion of getting help. Yeah. That's that's what I that's what I need. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast long, long ago. But it reminds me of rushing through vulnerability or moving right. slowly through vulnerability. Right. And my un when I'm unconscious, if I start to feel vulnerable, I get bigger. I get like a bull in a mm-hmm. china shop, and I just like mm-hmm. charge through the moment of vulnerability. Right. It's sort of like I'm going to face my fear so big mm-hmm. that I'm going to just I'm just going to like bust through it mm-hmm. and that is not it's almost the same as running in the other direction from it right it's like you're still not allowing yourself to truly experience the feeling of vulnerability and being okay mm-hmm. with that but like taking purposeful steps toward it mm-hmm. is different than like charging through it right and and so that's the hard part yeah it makes me think of the um we're asking the question that how do you notice these things? How do you how do you remember how do you remember to notice them? Yeah. And I think like I want to set up in my experience when I get a certain kind of feeling, maybe it's a discomfort or an anger or an unpleasantness, to have some little alarm bell in me go off. I'm like, oh it's like a little trigger. Little trigger. Hey, well yeah. look at this. You're feeling agitated. Hmm. Time to take this question. We know what to do now. And for me, a question in the past, pre-mindfulness days, would have been, am I moving out of love or am I moving out of fear? Like, what's motivating my... Yeah. Right? And they're like, oh, that's a really helpful question. But in this context, the question might be, how's my balance between relaxation and alertness? Mm. Because I feel like mm. if I get that balance right, the road unfolds. The right, you know, and uh, and I'm still learning, I'm still growing, but it's not, you know, constricted, right? And so, like, oh, look, I'm feeling anxious. Let me pause a second. How am I doing with this relaxed? Oh, I haven't relaxed in a while. I'm like, I'm feeling, I'm go, 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 go. I'm not even breathing. Let me mm. do a breathing exercise. Or I'm feeling stressed because I don't have enough money right now. Well, let me check. Oh, it's because I've been super slack and I'm not generating anything. Let me get going on that, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the question then helps determine what's the best approach to dealing mm-hmm. with the discomfort. So I don't know. <laughs> it's like I need a, an emotional Fitbit, you know, that's put on the wrist. And it's like, ding, we've noticed you're, you know, you're feeling tense, right? I guess that some of them do that now with, at least yeah. by your breathing. Yeah. And like heart rate. Are you feeling like anxious? Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I feel like my protocol is like if I notice myself feeling agitated or anxious or whatever, it's like, do you need to do anything about this right now? Right. Yeah. Is this anything you can control? Hang out. Well, yes, but also the like, yeah, there may there may be an action needed by you. Right. But it might not be now. Mm-hmm. So like, hang out and like mm-hmm. make a list of the facts. Right. It's like Patricia Ryan Madsen list list the facts. Yeah. From her book Improv Wisdom. Because it's easy for emotions to sort of drive the day, but it's like, hold on, list the facts. Yeah. What are the facts here? Hmm. Take a second. Have the problem. Don't solve the problem. You don't need to jump to the other side of this. Wait for a second. Your relationship to this is likely to change in a minute. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Can we invent... Can we... Is there a way... I'm sure somebody's working on this. A little Fitbit type thing that would alert you to your emotions. I, I like the idea of being able to discern it. That's one of the things that has been helpful. Uh, my first mindfulness practice was my relationship to food and sugar. Mm. And like, oh, I'm starting to get cranky. Or like, oh, I'm shaking a little bit. Like, I need to eat. Yeah. <laughs> to have those little uh, flags go up. And now my flags around food go up a lot sooner than they used to because mm-hmm. I'm more tuned into them. Yeah. Right. So I'd like to. I like to get better at having those flags show up emotionally mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Am I engaged enough? Right. And and another question is, am I in connection or not? And like, if I'm not, do I want to be? So when the, when the alarm bells go off, what's the right question? What's the question? Like, what are the that things helps that are you likely find your to center be there? Again? Yeah, what are the things that are likely to keep you on track? Right. 
And so when you're feeling bad, it's like, oh, well, my, my mom, are you tired? Are you hungry? Are you stressed? Nice. Have you slept? Have you eaten? Are you anxious about something? Because if you're being reactive, probably one of those things is true. And you got to handle one of those things. Right. And for me, I'm like, is my apartment clean? Uh-huh. Have I eaten? Yeah. Like those things have a huge... Yeah. They're the things that I'm most likely to forget. Yeah. I like go to sleep on that stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, my apartment's a mess. No wonder I feel insane. Right. So just clean, just clean up. Yeah. That's the step to take. It's even not just, to get yeah. less insane. It's to clean up. Even just tidy, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what I mean. Tidy. Like, put your things away. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Whew. All right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for diving into the topic. Yeah. I appreciate your willingness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and don't worry, everybody. The banana bread seems to have come out very well. Oh, good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't eat sugar, so I'm just enjoying the smell. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm too already at this enjoying point. it. Yeah, it's yeah. great. But uh, yeah, and good to, good to know that the bread came out. Yeah, feels important. Sort of the through, the, really the B plot of this whole episode. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to find like some some uh, artful bow to tie it all together. I'm like, no, we're, I, I think, think we're we just do. done. I yeah. think we're just done now. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think we let it. I think we let them go. Right on. Strings too tight, it will snap. If it's too slack, it will not play. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. <laughs> that is your episode, episode number 71. All right, there it is. Thanks for listening, everybody. Oh. I hope that you are feeling activated, both relaxed and relert. Both relaxed and relert. Yes. <laughs> I've relerted. I hope. That's a really interesting notion. I hope the same thing. To relert. <laughs> to come back into like, it's like into a re- reset. Yeah, to come back into alertness. Or to reawaken. I've relerted. Sounds so derpy. Derpy? What's derpy? You know, like relert. Relert. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Alaxed. Anyway, relaxed and alert. <laughs> it's the holiday season. I'm sounding like I'm drunk. I have a question. I have a little too much rum. Okay. Did you... <laughs> a little uh, too much eggnog. Did this explore? Because this was a topic that you had some yeah. juice coming into it. Yeah. Did it? Do you feel like it got to what you find compelling about this topic? Yes. Yes, it did. And uh, so there are a number of things to to play with, but the thinking about changing our relationship to tension but then also being able to monitor how much is too much and how much is too like those are both those are both valuable and yeah it seems like it's relevant for both improv and mindfulness and I don't know it's relevant for humanity right I just I love this note it's I mean it's one of my central questions of finding this balance between opposites and is it masculine? Is it feminine? Is it relaxed? Is it alert? Is it, what is the thing that we're trying to balance? And then like, ah, yeah, find that sweet spot and just mm-hmm. dancing with it until it not locks into place, but stays in this like Stay cool. Stay stasis, yeah. Yeah, it's cool dynamism to mm-hmm. it, right? I, just, I so love that. So yeah, it was fun to, fun to get to play with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. How about you? Not, not knowing what we were going to talk about coming in. Yeah. How, how are you sitting with it now? Mm, it feels like a, it's just a valuable I, the most powerful thing is this idea of changing like allowing tension to kick off different behaviors than, mm. it, than are my defaults which is mm-hmm. like oh god tension must fix it and dispel tension and it's nice to be like oh Great, this will be a great thing to explore. Yeah. Like, it's interesting to, to, to let that start a different process. To spark a curiosity rather yeah. than a resistance. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that cool. seems pretty cool. Right on. I like that. And this thing of staying a lot, staying awake to the hard part. Like, staying, mm-hmm. staying present with how it is hard moving forward and that it's okay. Mm-hmm. You can still move forward and sort of exp- be conscious about that whole right. process. Doesn't have to shut everything down. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it. So, uh, okay, cool. Well, hey, moving forward, 
what do you got going on that you want people to know about? A ton of I'm, t- I'm playing a ton in December. I've got the this coming weekend, the 14th of December. So who knows when you're listening to this? But on the 14th of December, 2019, impro- <laughs> 2019 is Improv Playhouse of San Francisco here on Valencia Street in San Francisco. Um, I'm playing at Bats a bunch. I'm doing the Bats New Year's Eve show. So if you're looking mm. for New Year's Eve plans and you're local, come and hang out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I want to remind people that if you'd like a special gift for your loved ones or people that you don't like and you want them to grow into a better person, (laughs) (laughs) you could order a copy of Playful Mindfulness, a book based on this podcast. And if you go to playfulmindfulness.info, there's all sorts of ordering information there. And if you want me to, I can sign a copy for you and send it out. And uh, shipping's free via media mail. I should probably check on it if I need to get things to people faster. Anyway, go check it out, playfulmindfulness.info. And then also there, there at the top of the page is a listing for the retreat, the Improvisation and Spirituality Retreat that I'm co-leading with Angelo John Lewis and Cindy Franklin in Healdsburg, two hours north of San Francisco in March. March 11th to 13th. 13th to 15th. My bad, 13th to 15th. Thank I you. Think. you. Yeah, you know, 13th to 15th, you're yeah. right. March 13th to 15th. And uh, great chance to go play and dig deeper and get to know people. And I'm excited for it. Would love to have you with us. Engage with this material. Yeah. In a beautiful place. Okay. Well, hey. Thanks for joining us as always. Yeah. And however you celebrate this time of year, you know, going into the Northern Hemisphere winter solstice, I hope it's joyous and light bringing and Mm -hmm. connective in whatever way you'd like. Yeah. Thanks So. so much. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Ciao.